Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Josh. Uh, I am a new pastor here at Portico. I just want to say how uh, thrilled and privileged Ruby and I feel to be a part of uh, the family here at Portico. Uh, it's been only a couple months since we've, uh, we've joined the staff here, and we have just felt so loved by Pastor Doug and the entire uh, pastoral staff and, and the wonderful team here, and all of you every Sunday, people coming up to myself and my wife Ruby, just expressing their love and their support for us. So I just want to thank you for that. And as we get started, let me just wish you a happy Canada Day. Well, weekend. There you go. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people are traveling this weekend, but you decided to be here, and we're really glad, and, and I hope you find your time here at church worthwhile this morning. Um, as I said before, I am new here, and in case you were wondering, um, you know, I cover certain areas of ministry here in the church. Uh, one of the areas is with our young professionals and our young married couples, so people age 25 to 40-ish in that range, and really looking forward to working with uh, our church family in that demographic. I'm also helping out with, our, uh, with Pastor Jeff, who provides leadership with our small groups, our community life groups, and helping him out there, as well as with our newcomers. If you're new to the church or you've been here for a while and you're looking to get plugged in the church, I'm hoping I can provide some guidance and support there. So I'm really excited uh, about being a part of the story that's being written here at Portico, and uh, you've all made us feel so loved and welcomed here. Uh, if you're new to the church... Uh, you may be looking in your bulletin and you see the name of the person who's giving the sermon this morning. It's Pastor Doug. I am not Pastor Doug. Pastor Doug is over here. Uh, I will say that Pastor Doug is the taller, more handsome uh, of the two of us. Uh, I think I got the better skin tone, though, so um, yeah. Just my humble opinion. It's okay. <laughs> uh, as we get started, I just want to invite the ushers. If uh, we have any, if anyone here uh, doesn't have a Bible with them this morning, we just want to uh, invite you to raise your hand. We're going to lend you a Bible just so you can follow up with us this morning in our sermon. And glad that you could be with us. Um, as we get started, I was thinking about uh, the idea of stories. Now, how many here of you like stories? I like stories. Derek likes stories. Very good. We all love stories. You know, it might be the commute, uh, you know, taking the go train or the bus uh, to work, to and from work, and you have some time to kill, and you're reading that book, and, it, and you get lost in it. You love turning page after page, or maybe it's a, a rainy day at home, or it's on the weekend, and you have some downtime, and you're looking to uh, get lost in a story, and so we read. Or for those of us who don't have that kind of discipline or attention span, we, we go to a movie theater and we get lost for the next 90 minutes to two hours in a, in a story that is being told to us. And we love stories. Stories are great. Uh, they capture our imagination. Uh, they help teach us things. Uh, Jesus even used stories or parables to help communicate ideas to the people. And when I think about Canada Day and, and this weekend, you know, Canada has a story too. Uh, I remember uh, in school, in elementary school, high school, even university, I took a history class, and all through those years I was taking history courses, and, and I loved it. Because for me, it was think, I, I thought, you know, I'm coming to school and I get to hear someone tell me stories day after day after day, and I thought, this is great. I would do this forever. This is awesome. And I would love hearing, especially the stories about Canada, you know, how we were birthed as a nation, how the Native people were here before, and how settlers came, and how uh, they worked together, and, and the rich story that has been written uh, since July 1st, 1867, when we became a nation ourselves. And that story that is continue on year after year, generation after generation, even till today, we have a wonderful story that is being told, that is being written, and has yet to be written. And like Canada, 
as a nation. When we look to Scripture, the, the people of Israel as a nation also were big on stories, and they also had a rich story that was being told. And when we think about their story, they loved to celebrate. Uh, the people of Israel loved to do parties. And when you read through the Old Testament especially, you read about all these different festivals that they uh, celebrated, particularly around harvest, you know, at the beginning of the harvest or the first fruits and, and at the end of harvest. They would celebrate different seasons of the year. But they would also celebrate different moments in their history. Well, one famously that we know of is Passover. And they would celebrate times in their story where God was faithful. And even in times of harvest, you know, something that you may not really think of God right away, in everything that the people of Israel did to celebrate, God was always at the center of that celebration. God was always recognized as being at the center of that story. And so I thought, this being Canada Day weekend, let's take a look at how God has played a part in our story as a nation. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for here in this great country, in this great city, in this great province. Amen, yeah. Many things that we take for granted, but uh, I, I'm sure for some of you and many of us in this room who have at one time or another, maybe it was ourselves or it was our parents or great-grandparents who have come uh, overseas and crossed oceans to come here, the wonderful privileges that we uh, get to, to enjoy, the freedoms that we enjoy, we truly are blessed, and we truly are thankful to God for everything that he has given to us. So when you start with a story, you start from the beginning. And I think like any story, you, we need to look at the story or the beginning of, of Canada's story. Uh, one of the things that, that I like to think about is the foundation of where we come from. You know, Canada's foundation is largely rooted in God. And I think that's something that is really important for us never to forget. When we think about, um, and, and this impact of God being a part of our story pervades itself throughout our society. Did you know that in the House of Commons, every morning when they gather, they begin with a prayer to Almighty God? Uh, in our education system, up until not too long ago, maybe 20, 25 years ago, we used to recite the Lord's Prayer in our schools. And even till today, when we sing our national anthem, we say, God, keep our land glorious and free. God is at the foundation. God is at the heart of who we are as a nation. Everything we based ourselves on, the laws that are emanated out of, uh, of Scripture, everything points back to our foundation on God. And that is something that is truly wonderful and something that we truly should celebrate. Even Scripture captures this idea as well, that God is the one that we worship. God is the one who reigns supreme. Not only is he at the foundation, at the bottom of where we are, but he covers it all as well. In Psalm 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Uh, for those of you who may be from south of the border or are familiar with American uh, anthems and songs, uh, this verse may come, uh, seem familiar. Psalm 72, verse 8 says, He shall have dominion from sea to sea, or sea to shining sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. What was neat is that here, these psalmists recognized and acknowledged that God was at the heart of what they did and deserved praise and adoration for everything that they had. And when I think about our story as well, when I think about, you know, your own story, think about how you came here. As I mentioned before, maybe you came from a different land and you started and, and, and from a different nation immigrated to Canada. Or maybe it was your parents or your great-grandparents somewhere further back in your ancestry. You know, at some point or another, we all came here to this nation. We all 
came from one place to another. And there's a story that is told even in those moments. Uh, it reminds me of Abraham uh, and the story that is, starts to be told in, in Genesis chapter 12. You know, Abraham is called by God. He's living in his homeland. And God says, I want to take you somewhere. And he says this, the Lord said to Abram, which was his name before he changed his name to Abraham. He said, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I think that might be kind of the story that we share as well, God calling us from one place to another. But in that, we see something beautiful, that God trusted in God, or Abraham, sorry, trusted in God at the beginning of his own story. Just like in Canada, we trusted God. We based who we are as a nation, our identity as a nation on God. And like Abraham, we or our parents, somehow where down the line, we came to this nation. We made that journey. And I believe that we all have a lot to be thankful for when we look back at the beginnings of our stories and see the faithfulness of God there. And I think once we start looking back at our story, when we start looking back at our personal stories or our story as a nation, we have a lot to celebrate. Once we say, wow, where we came from and where we are today, God has done so many wonderful things. Uh, and for that, we have cause to celebrate. When we think about freedom, for example, uh, the series that just ended uh, in the last week or so, uh, our Call of Duty series. For the last several weeks, we've been in this army theme, and, and I'm reminded of our armed forces who serve so selflessly and valiantly, who, who fight and even die for the freedoms that we enjoy today. You know, that is something that we can celebrate. Or I think about peace. You know, we live in relative peace and harmony in a wonderful nation like this. Uh, we, as Canadians, are known to be mild-mannered and, and polite. Uh, we don't like picking a fight or anything like that. Um, you know, safety is another thing as well. You know, people come from uh, situations and nations or circumstances where there is volatility, there is unrest, and people come to Canada either as refugees or as immigrants, and they come because they feel safe in our nation. It's a wonderful privilege that we share together. But I think of all the things that I enjoy about Canada the most, it's our diversity. You know, even when you look around this room, here in the Mississauga area, we've all come together and we look around, and you see people from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, different ethnicities and cultures that are represented in this room. And it's amazing that we are allowed to celebrate this diversity. Um, one of the things that I love about Canada in, in its diversity is the geography of this nation. We are spread across more than 3,000 kilometers wide, and I'm not even sure how tall as well. But in that geography, it's not just you know, one simple landscape. We are all over the place. We can start in the west with the Rockies, and we make our way across through the plains of, of, the, of the west, and we come into the middle hilllands of central and eastern Canada, and we make our way to the Appalachian and the seas of the maritime provinces. It's a huge, rich diversity. I remember in 1993 when my family and I took a trip. Uh, we did a 28-day road trip, and we just booked it. So from Toronto, we went down through Michigan, Illinois, up through the Dakotas, into Saskatchewan, Alberta, B.C., down through Washington State, down through to uh, California, spent a day in Mexico, too, uh, came back up, and then we went across through Nevada, Arizona, and made our way up through to Toronto back in 28 days, and it was amazing. Uh, and what I remember most fondly about that trip was our time that we spent in Canada. 
uh, doing that road trip. It was the first time I'd ever been outside of uh, the province of Ontario, at least into other parts of Canada. And I remember driving through uh, Saskatchewan, and it was flat. Like, there was, I mean, I still remember my father driving the car. He would let go of the wheel, and our car would just keep going straight. It would not waver to the right or to the left. It just, it was amazing. I loved it. As a kid, you're sitting there like, wow, it's like thrilling. And I remember seeing, you know, from time to time, these trees are dotting the landscape in these houses. And, and I actually remember this one time uh, we were visiting family in Saskatoon. And as we drove in, it was about sunset, about dusk. And it had been a nice sunny day, but all of a sudden there was this huge gray mist that blanketed the city, and it was so strange. And I remember looking out the window thinking, what's going on? And as we pulled into the driveway and we parked the car, we could look closely because we weren't moving anymore, and it was a swarm of mosquitoes. I kid you not, the city was blanketed. It was so thick of mosquitoes, it actually turned the sky gray. And I remember sitting in the car with the family, and we were honestly scared. Look, hey, how are we getting out of the car into the house without mosquito bites? And eventually what happened was, because I was young enough, the younger kids, we were able to quickly run out of the van and go into the house. Unfortunately, my father and my older brother were tasked with bringing in the luggage, and I'm sure they got bit to death, you know. But... It was amazing. I loved it. And for those of you who are from Saskatchewan, please don't feel that, you know, that's my only memory of Saskatchewan. I love, I love this province. It's great. Remember, flat fields, very good. Um, through there, we actually also went through uh, to Alberta. Uh, we went to Athabasca Glacier, actually walking on a, on a real glacier. That was amazing. Uh, we went to BC. Uh, in the Rockies, we visited Vancouver and Victoria. We actually went north a bit up to Prince George. Beautiful place. Mountains, lakes. The scenery was amazing. And to think that all of this is part of Canada. And then, you know, even just a few years ago, had the opportunity to go to the East Coast, went through New Brunswick and PEI and Nova Scotia. I love it there. It's so wonderful. We have a wonderful diversity that we can celebrate, even in our geography. I think we can also celebrate the diversity in our cultures and our ethnicities. You know, as I said before, we look around. There's so many people groups that are represented here. And even from city to city, there are cultures that we develop. There's a Mississauga culture or a greater Toronto area culture. There's a Quebec culture. There's an Eastern Canada culture, a Western culture. You know, these different cultures that we can celebrate and know that all of these things help make up the beautiful identity that is Canada. And, you know, when we think about this diversity, it does present its challenges. You know, when we live in a place that allows us the freedom to worship the way that we do, as opposed to other places around the world where, you know, people are persecuted for their faith, we have this wonderful freedom. You know, this freedom does present its challenges. You know, we come up against other ideologies and worldviews and lifestyles that may conflict with our own. But I love the fact that what this does is present an opportunity for us to share the love of God with other people, to let people know that God loves them and has a story that is being, waiting to be written for them, and that God loves them so much. You know, in, in our times, when we prepare for these Sunday sermons, uh, each week the, the, some of the pastors get together and we have a communicator's time and we help each other. And I love this. This is one of the things I loved about joining the church here was that we get together and we assist one another in preparing for the sermon. And one of our pastors uh, shared a wonderful passage from Scripture that I think captures this idea 
the fact that when we look back and we see the foundation that is laid with God, and when we celebrate, or when we look at all these stories, we are able to celebrate the faithfulness of God. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 10, and it says this, Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know uh, what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Know then in your heart that it is as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of your Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Sound familiar? A land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks and iron, uh, where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. I feel like that basically tells the story of where we are as a nation as well. When we see how God brought us here, when we see how God is at the center and the foundation and covers all of this, and we look back and we take the time to appreciate what God has done, we, like the people of Israel here, have the opportunity to celebrate what God has done. But as we celebrate, there is a challenge or a charge for all of us. We need to make sure that what God has done does not get lost, that we forget to tell these stories to future generations, to our children and their children. You know, in Judges 2.10, it says this, After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. That is the fear that I have, that we become so comfortable with our freedoms, that we become so comfortable in our faith here that we simply take it for granted. But what we really need to do is make sure that from generation to generation, in your homes, as we do in our church here, that we make sure we tell those stories. We make sure people recognize and acknowledge that it's God who gave us what we have. It is God who has brought us here today. And it is God who is the only one who can help us move forward in the days and years to come. It reminds me of, uh, of what the Israelites did in, in their time as well. When they worshipped, you know, when we read the Old Testament, we hear lots of stories about how they built altars. One of the cool things I learned about altars is that, you know, they would build these altars, they would worship, and they would actually, for the most part, they would leave these altars there. And as the people grew and expanded, they, they moved around. From time to time, people would stumble across these altars. And the neat thing was is that when these kids or people would come across the altar, they would say, they would ask their parents or they would ask the, the religious leaders, you know, what was this altar represented for? Why is it here? And it became a, a touch point. It became a moment where they shared their story. 
And so for me, the challenge or the question for you is, where are your altars? Not actual altars, but where are the touch points in your story? Where are the moments that you take time to share with others the love of Christ? Where you take time to celebrate the fact that God is the one who has brought you here. It is God who has given us the wonderful freedoms and privileges that we enjoy. I feel like we need to make sure that we take uh, those times. And that kind of leads into my third point, which is opportunity. When we look back at where we are, we look at our foundation, and we take time today to celebrate what God has done, we can look ahead and see the wonderful opportunities that exist for us. You know, our freedoms as a people allow us to proclaim the love of God throughout our nation. We have no fear of persecution as there is in other places. You know, people may shun us at most or, you know, they may yell at us, but, you know, we live in relative safety. And I feel like we should take advantage of that. You know, it also starts, I believe, in our homes. Are we willing to make those choices where we say, I'm going to make sure that I tell the story in my home, that we pray together as a family, or that we take time to remember and celebrate God, that God will be a part of our, our story at our home? You know, we do it here in our church as well, in all our different venues, here or in the chapel or in Milton campus, whether people are listening online. You know, these are opportunities wherever we gather to be able to share these stories together. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says this, and this is where we need to be careful. It says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. And I know the thing is that when we look at where we are as a nation today, we look at our city or province, there may be things about where we are today that may not sit well with us. And we say, you know, I wish things were better. I wish we didn't do this or promote that. And we can, you know, I, I believe we have a choice. I believe we can either be despondent and resign ourselves to defeat, or we take the opportunity as being, no, I'm going to be a, an agent of change. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to be a beacon of light to people. I'm going to share the love of God with others so that we can see that change happening within our nation, within our people. It reminds me of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. It says this, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will restore their land. Love that. It comes back to what I was saying before. We have a choice. Do we simply resign ourselves to where we think we are or where we are as a nation? Or do we say, I want to be the start of God taking, taking charge, of giving our nation back to God, of surrendering who we are, the path that we're on, saying, God, take control once again. Be a part of the story that is being written in my life, in my personal life, my story at home, or in my workplace, or in our church, or in our neighborhood, in our province, in our nation, wherever we are, wherever your sphere of influence, God, let me be part of that change, and it starts with me. Am I willing to repent? Am I willing to say, God, forgive me for what I may have done, and continue and start to take control? I believe that the restoration of our nation to its biblical values and its reliance on God starts with us. Uh, you know, in B Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety or its diversity and to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So you may think, you know, why do I need to be the person that starts this change? 
Well, it's been God's plan all along that we would be the ones that bring about the change. You know, think back to the passage I read earlier about Genesis chapter 12, from Genesis chapter 12 about Abraham. Abraham was called by God to a new land where what? He would be a blessing to other nations. That is the same charge that we have now today as well. You know, that was the charge, that was the promise for the people of Israel, for the children of God. And now that we are part of that as well, now that we are adopted as children of God, that charge now falls on us as well, that we would be a blessing to the nations. So rather than say, oh, I don't like this or like that, this is an opportunity for us to step up. This is an opportunity for us to move forward and say, God, I am going to be a blessing to the nations. I don't care what's happened. I care about what's to come. And I'm going to make sure that something good is coming in a story that is being written. And so when we think about this, when I think about all this, what comes to mind is this reliance on God once again. You know, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is the benediction. That is the promise that we go with this morning, that we look to God. That when we see the challenges before us about uh, wanting this nation to follow God and to love him and for God to be a part of people's stories, that the task may seem daunting, but God is the one who can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And he can do it through the church and through us for future generations, through all generations. It doesn't just start and end with us. Our charge, our challenge is that we carry on this story. We put the challenge to the next generation, they can, that they continue to serve God, that they continue to love God with all their hearts. I love what Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34 says. It says this, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. We have a wonderful story that has started as a nation. It is founded in God. We see God pervading through all these areas of our life. And we look back today and we say, God, you have done so many wonderful things. And we want to make sure that we take those opportunities to celebrate him. Let us have that charge. Let us have that attitude that, God, I want our nation to be righteous. I want our city to be righteous. And God, in order for that to happen, I want to be a part of making that happen. I want to be a part of the story that you are writing. Like I said before, I love stories. I love how they begin, how they're told, and I love how they end. Because God loved us, God saved us, because someone loved us enough to tell us about the love of Christ, we now have a hope. We now have a wonderful relationship with God. Our story is being written with God in it. And yet there are so many people around the world, around our city, in our province, in our, in our country, who don't have that privilege. Can we be a part of starting that story of God in their lives as well? I believe that we can. I'm so excited about what we as a church family can do together in our communities. Amen? What I want to do tonight, or this morning, as we finish, I want to ask you all to stand, and we're going to close in prayer this morning. But I want to do something. That This being Canada Day, because we stand across this wonderful country and we, uh, we acknowledge that God is a part of our story, that God is doing something wonderful. He has done great things, and he continues to do good things in our midst. What I would like us to do is to pray together as a church, 
And so hopefully this is not breaking too many um, uh, comfort zones with everyone, but what I'm going to ask you to do is, across the aisles even, and even within your rows, we're all going to join hands, and as one church, we're going to pray together. So as much as possible, I know you may be spread out a bit, but where you can, if you can join hands across the aisles, we're going to join in a time of prayer together. Symbolically, we are going to stand together as a church family, and we are going to pray for our nation. Now, I don't know. Oh, this is good. I love this. It, you have to see it from here. This is a great image uh, of unity. I don't know if any of you have done this before, but just like how we worship on, on a Sunday morning or in your homes or in your car, we sing out loud. And when there are groups of people together, that wonderful chorus of a sound sounds great. Well, we're going to take that opportunity now as well to pray together, in, uh, not in unison, but together. We're all going to pray out loud, and I know that may seem distracting. Well, I'm going to be praying, and I'm going to hear a thousand other voices around me. Give it a moment. Just continue to focus on your prayer. But as you pray, as you focus on your prayer, listen to the wonderful sound of an entire church family coming together in prayer. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for our communities. Let's pray for ourselves that we be a part of the story that God can write across our country. Let's pray for a moment. As it dies down, I'll close us off in prayer. But let's pray together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. We exalt your name, Lord God. And we thank you for what you're doing in this place, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you reign supreme. Lord, that you are God over all things, Lord God. We worship you and we love you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for saving us. God, thank you that we can look back and we see your faithfulness. We see your hand in everything that we do. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. And we exalt you, Lord Jesus. We pray for our leaders. We thank you for their leadership. Lord, as scripture says, we come under their authority. We want to support them. We want to love them. But God, I pray that they would lead with your laws on their hearts. Lord, whether they be Christian or not, Lord, let them know. Lord, let them lead, Lord, in a way that is godly, that is righteous. Lord, we call upon your name. We pray for our nation. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that your will be done in this place, that we will once again be known as a nation who follows Christ, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the story that is being written and is yet to be told. God, we thank you so much. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We exalt your name, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning symbolically as a church family, as we have joined in hands together across this place. We come before you and we acknowledge once again that you are God and that you rule over all from sea to sea. Lord, we acknowledge that you are Lord over all of us. You are Lord and God of our nation. And we thank you for that. We thank you, God, that as we look back on our past, we look at our history, we see that you were there from the beginning. And throughout the generations, you have continued to be a part of the story that is being written. And Lord, we look today and we celebrate how you have impacted the lives of so many. Lord, because of you, we enjoy freedom. We enjoy safety. We enjoy peace. We enjoy diversity. We enjoy wonderful community together in this wonderful nation. 
And so, God, we thank you for that. And as we look ahead, we continue to ask for you, God, to be a part of that story, that you would not leave us, or that more so than that, Lord God, that we would not kick you out, but, Lord, that you would be a part of our story all the more from this day forward. We ask, Lord God, that from our governments on down, from our national leaders to our provincial leaders to our municipal leaders, in every way, Lord God, that you would shine through them, that your heart would be through our leaders, Lord God. We pray for our leaders right now. We thank you for their leadership. And just as Scripture says, Lord God, we come under their authority. We love on them. We support them. But God, whether they be Christian or not, may the laws of, of God, Lord, may your heart, may the laws that they talk about, Lord, emanate from their hearts, Lord God. When they lead us, Lord, may it be from your righteousness. Lord, may we see your holiness. May we see your righteousness, your goodness pervade throughout this nation. We believe, Lord God, that we are a nation that follows you, that is, submits to your authority more than anything else. And so, God, we ask that you take control. And we thank you because you are God. And we acknowledge that. We celebrate that there in, here in this place this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you so much, church. Thank you for praying. I firmly believe those prayers have done much, and we will look forward to the stories, the testimonies we will hear because of your faithfulness. God bless you.